ready for the interview And if you get a cue live on the laptop Watch what I'm gonna do Welcome to the show Let them know we got a point of view Hey, yo, let's have a combo. Say what you feel, be real That's the motto Real talk, pronto Doctor D, PhD, hit the intro Hold up, wait Gotta be social Network global A home for the locals Gotta be social Network global A home for the locals Ashley, we made it here. We, made it. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> we did it. The first part is just showing up, you know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So are you in the, you're, uh, where are you located again? I'm in London, London, England, okay. but originally from Canada. London. How did you get there? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it was a little bit of an unexpected route to getting here, but um I was working in a job uh, at the time in creative production, and there was an opportunity to move to London for the job to um, manage the office in the UK. I had been working at the same office in Toronto, and the opportunity came up, and I just thought, what an incredible once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So I asked my partner if he was up for moving with me, and yeah, very quickly moved over here. And how long ago was that? That was in July of 2018. I don't normally say July like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was in July of 2018, the year of our Lord. <laughs> yes, July of 2018. <laughs> okay. So it wasn't that long ago then. It was no, about three and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. So you experienced kind of this this joy of getting over there and getting settled in and then boom, a lot of things changed. Uh, so much changed. I would imagine, tell us a little bit how your life has changed in that sense. Because UK has gone through some iteration of what we've gone through here in a sense, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The UK has been hit really, really badly by the pandemic. Um, yeah, I mean, I, so pandemic hit in 20 March 2020 obviously like it did everywhere and um uh, you know I had just like for me I feel like I was in a very fortunate spot in the pandemic I uh you know wasn't affected by it from a like work perspective I was very lucky from that regard um all of my family stayed safe and everything and the one, you know, the only qualm that I have is that, you know, we moved over here for, you know, to travel and to experience new things and try new foods and go to restaurants. And obviously that all shut down, but I just, I had faced other moments of adversity in my life and, and I wasn't hit that hard by any of the circumstances going on. So I, I just, it was okay for me. Yeah. Gotcha. Now yeah. your story is one of kind of like transformation. I believe, and mm -hmm. talk a lot about yeah. that. Let's get to kind of the crux of that and why that's so important to you. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I'm a coach and I help people to create change in their lives. Um, and I, you know, it's hard to tell the story of me getting into coaching without sharing a per like very personal side of that story of, of how I actually discovered coaching first on a personal level. So um, shortly after moving here in uh, 2018, um, I got an awful call that my dad had passed away. There were some other things that had led up to that, but um, 
it was a very kind of shocking experience. I, you know, knew my dad was, had a condition, but I didn't know that, um, you know, he was in a life-threatening, that I had moved to a new country with a parent in a life-threatening condition and, and as serious as it was. So um, when he passed away, it was just a complete shock. Um, and at the same time, you know, we had just uprooted our lives to move to the UK two months or three months prior. Um, and I had gone over for this job, which was an incredible opportunity for my career. Um, and, you know, I decided to stay and stick it out. And my partner was such an incredible support system to me um, that I knew that I had him and that, you know, I was where I was supposed to be as hard as it was to be away from my family during that time. And immediately started like, well, not immediately, but very short after, shortly after I, you know, I went back to work and really kind of threw myself into work. And, you know, one of the things I talk about is just, I think grief is so, um, it's so all encompassing and what work gave me at the time was a space to kind of take a break from grieving. Um, not that you can really separate the two, but sometimes I would just be so focused on something else, almost like in a meditative way that I was able to take a break from that. Um, but I also started to see a therapist at the time. And, you know, I, I, I didn't have a large support system, if any, in London at the time, aside from my partner. And so um, I didn't want to put everything on him. I knew that that would probably be just, and I already put a lot on him, I think. And so I decided to start seeing a therapist at the time. And I did see that therapist for a few months and it was, you know, helpful. I definitely needed somebody to talk to, but, uh, and I think what I needed was somebody kind of in person to talk to, I think at the time, just cause that's something that I think I was lacking a little bit, but I, I just was having this feeling like I was sort of like putting my heart on the table and I just didn't know what to do with any of what I was feeling. And I mean, I guess that's sort of the discomfort of grief is just, there's nothing you can do. Um, but I actually was introduced to a coach through a friend who said, working with this person has changed my life. It's been so impactful for me. And I was open to trying different ways of supporting my mental health. Um, and so I met her, uh, it was almost a year after, or it was several months after my dad had passed away and I started I had one conversation with her and in that like 30 to 60 minute conversation I had I, it felt more impactful for me than what I had been doing previously not to knock therapy versus coaching or anything like that because I fully think that there's a place for both but um it really clicked for me and I think that's also a sign of knowing what kind of knowing that there it's important to have the right fit when you're working with somebody and that you really know when you really click with someone. So um, I started to work with this coach for about six months. And, um, you know, one of the things that really drew me to this, this person was that um, she had lost a parent as well. She had moved to a new country. Um, she had moved into coaching from um, the tech world and I was really interested in that because um I needed help <laughs> and I thought this person 
probably really understands what I'm going through. Um, but at the same time, I felt like the conversation that I had with, with her and something that I've taken with me forward into my coaching is that I left every conversation feeling somehow, even though it wasn't something that I could find tangible solutions, I couldn't fix everything that was happening, but I felt somehow empowered. Um, and it was, it was just such, such an uplifting feeling. Um, and I also, at the same time, you know, I was starting to have this, as I was going through so much transformation of my own, I was starting to have this feeling like, um, you know, my, my background's actually in psychology, neuroscience and behavior. That was what I did my degree in. Um, and I had put that aside for, for a while to kind of explore a different career path altogether, which I loved. Um, but I did start having this kind of like creeping feeling coming up that was nudging me more towards psychology. And I was very open-minded about how that might present itself. Um, and when coaching came into my life, I was like, that's the thing I was, that was the thing I was open to coming into my life. And that was what I was looking for. And so I really started on that path of, of, you know, getting certified and doing my training and yeah, that's, that's sort of the kind of short version in a, in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've uh, observed this, but um, I observed that like, uh, maybe it's just the, the chamber of people I'm around and stuff. I don't know. I want to know if I'm a different point of view or if it's the same, but I noticed so many people are getting into coaching of some, some point, whether it's health coaching, life coaching, all those things. What do you think is drawing so many people to this field of work? That's a great question. Um, I, I'm definitely noticing it too. Um, and it might be happening slower in my area of the world, but I still, I definitely see it growing. Um, and I think that so many of us, especially through the pandemic, um, have had time to reflect. And I've, I had been reflecting on this feeling I had had for about four years of, I want to make a difference in the world. And I, I want to do something that like, that is one of my core values is to make a difference in some way. And you can make a difference in so many different ways. It doesn't have to be a career change, but I just, I felt like that was truly my purpose, but I think that people are looking for a way to make an impact in the work that they do. And I think that sometimes maybe it can be challenging to find that within your own career. Um, and I think maybe coaching is a, way, is, a, is a very obvious way to kind of do that. So, I, and I think a lot of people have had felt such an impact from, from coaching on their own lives that it makes them say, okay, maybe this is something that I can go and do. Seems like it's kind of coinciding with um, uh, the importance of mental health for people. Yeah. And that yeah. we're more um, noticing or we're more awake or more, we're making it more available to us. Like, hey, this is a thing we should be discussing more mm -hmm. often. It seems like those two things have coincided. Have you noticed that a little bit? Absolutely. I think um, just on social media, we, I, I know it's probably my sort of algorithm, but I'm sure a lot of people also experience this where we're sort of inundated with information on mental health and tips and, and people, you know, 
in an amazing way, starting to share more vulnerably about their own mental health journey and starting to normalize that and, and helping to kind of break that stigma. So yeah, I think all of these things, it's no surprise that this industry is really growing. Do you think that our, the, the explosion of technology in particular, social media has contributed to the mental health issue for people, which then maybe in turn driving coaching more for people? That is a very good question. Um, I think that social media can be so detrimental in so many ways and it, it can, you know, I think we, I don't think we necessarily, maybe someone else has mastered this, but I certainly have not mastered the uh, boundaries with, with social media and our phones. And um, I think, you know, I think that it's, it's just, it's really, you know, it's just a, it's for one, it's a place to compare. It's a place to see people's highlight reels. It's, it's often not a real depiction of people's everyday lives. And so I think that that is very unhealthy to see so much of that. Um, I also think, and this is something I actually shared a post about today, but just the fact that um, it's, it's not natural to be receiving so much information about mm. other humans and about the news, but also just about like so many humans, like we're just, we, we didn't evolve that way where we were used to having like seeing a thousand per, or, you know, 400 people before nine o'clock in the morning. And it's just, <laughs> it's, it's, um, yeah, it, it, it's no surprise that it has a negative impact on a lot of people's mental health. And, um, you know, I think it's so important to, especially when you're feeling overwhelmed, not turning to social way, social media as a way to kind of numb your feelings. Cause I think that's what I often turn to it for. I'm like, I'm bored. Cause I'm like on a bus or I'm, yeah. you know, it's been a long day. So I'm going to just check it quickly. And, and those are the times that like your thoughts, I think probably need you to hear them. Yes. <laughs> um, and that's when you start inundating yourself with more inputs and it can just be so unhealthy. And it's, yeah, I mean, I, I'm struggling with that myself, especially running a business um, and starting to have more of a presence on social media. It's like so hard to find <laughs> that line and not get sucked into it all. This is a regular conversation with my guests. All the I'm time. sure. It's like I'm so sure. regular. And I would say like this, clearly just anecdotal of me talking to a bunch of people, but there's yeah. this, there's this sense of like, I don't really want to do this. I actually yeah. really don't want to be a part of this, but how do mm -hmm. I exist in business without this or mm -hmm. create? And so you talked about the boundaries and then you talked about like when your thoughts need, I had a guy on the other day and he did like a 5,000 mile bike ride for all these cancer patients. He met them all across the country riding. Wow. Amazing US. Incredible. And I was most interested in like what he was thinking about during the, wow. you know, riding in the desert on a highway, you know, nothing there. Mm -hmm. And we talked about how that's when you meet yourself, when you're not actually spending time being distracted. You get yeah. to talk to yourself and you get to learn more than anything about you, not other yeah. people, you know? Absolutely. I think. 
that's one of the things that I, I feel so passionate about is that nobody has the thoughts or the wisdom that you have. We are all unique individuals. And I think that that's what I love so much about coaching, but also other kind of mental health practices that I have is like, we all have so much wisdom and I think we shut it off by, um, and this is not a phrase I've made up, but by outsourcing our wisdom to other people. Mm. Um, I think, I think it's so important to, to quiet those, you know, the, the noise in your life so that you can hear your own opinion. How do you feel? Like, what is, what are your thoughts? What is your unique take on life or the situation you're in? Yeah. So you talked about, I want to go back to this boundary aspect because I, it's a very important concept. And you mentioned to yourself, you haven't come up with the, you know, the boundaries with social media, everybody's the work in progress. Yeah. How do you, what can we do to create better boundaries? You know, and you, what do you tell people as a coach to create better boundaries? Just not on that, but other aspects of, of their lives. So I mean, if we're, if we are talking about social media, that, that is one that I think we, a lot of us share. Um, I, I like to sleep with my phone outside of my room. I find like when I started doing that, I could literally feel my body completely relaxed. And I was Same here. <laughs> it's, it's a strange, but it works. And it, and when I break that rule or I'm, you know, staying at a hotel or something, I can absolutely notice that, that shift. Um, so that, that is one, one way. Um, I think the thing that I've noticed as I post more is that I sometimes go on for um, like, if I've posted something, I check it. And I, I think that is my own, you know, we want that little hit hit of dopamine. So we see how's it doing. And then um, sometimes I notice at first when I was starting to become more active, I was noticing I was checking it so regularly and I think that was me wanting that little hit hit of dopamine with every like that would come in and I think just one becoming more aware of what that is that's going on has helped me um and also noticing how it actually makes me feel to to do that like becoming aware of that um I have done, started to do meditations around social media that I've just literally found on YouTube. And those have really helped me to just sort of like disconnect from what I'm looking at um, and looking to see if people have liked things and, and all of that. Um, but I think that, I think that it's just a practice of like slowing down and being more conscious of the things that you're doing. Um, and I think with social media, it's just literally ingrained in us to like grab your phone and start scrolling. It's just like an automatic thing. Mm -hmm. So I think something that's been helpful is literally just deleting the app for my Mm -hmm. like homepage. Um, But also building practices into your day, like starting your day with a walk instead of starting your day on social media, Um, connecting more to yourself through things like journaling which is like a classic one and you know meditation uh but one of the things that I've I have started to talk more about and that I've actually been doing for a while now is and this sounds crazy but it it actually helps is talking to yourself um uh not necessarily in connection with social media but I think sometimes when we're overwhelmed we turn to social media so instead of doing that you can 
literally have a conversation with yourself about the things that are going on. Don't let, don't turn to social media to give you the things that you need. Turn to yourself to give yourself the things that you need. Tell yourself the things that you've been needing to hear. Talk out that thing that's stressing you out that you're trying to numb out from. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting conversation because it's a conversation that affects all humans, pretty much. Yeah. So many people are on these devices or platforms and things. And I actually read that I think that one of the platforms is developing uh, a non-algorithm, non-recommendation option for what they're doing. And then a buddy of mine who runs a news organization, he's like, oh, you mean like how it used to be? <laughs> like, yeah, like so if you true. got on early back in the day, like I did, there was none of this that exists now. You just saw what you saw. So true. Right. It's so but true. at some point you got okie doked into an algorithm and recommendations really without you having a lot of knowledge about it. It's like, oh, no. you mean giving people a choice to not be inundated with stuff that they didn't want? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we entered the platform, we followed the people we wanted to follow. And yet we don't see the people that we, oh, we don't don't always see the people that we want to follow. It's just, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. That is like, I feel like as a, as a coach and you work with transformation, how do you deal with other humans when technology is progressing so fast and is pulling us and many times away from ourselves and the outside world. How do you help people adjust to that? Is that one of their big issues that they come to you with, or is it a lot of other things? Yeah. I mean, the topic of social media has come up in many different conversations. I think it came up a lot during the pandemic where people would find themselves, you know, bored and also just Mm -hmm. doing a lot of scrolling and, but not wanting to. Um, And I think that it, a lot of the work that, that I do is helping people to re like to actually state and refocus on the things that are important to them and like learning to observe yourself more in your everyday life. What are the things that you're doing? Um, Not with judgment, but just noticing like, how much do I really spend on this app? And that could be actually taking inventory of that. And now um, I don't know if you have an iPhone, but I know that the mm-hmm. iPhone will like tell you how much screen time you've used your, your phone on, but just, you know, beginning to kind of take, take stock of the things that are going on in your life and starting to reshape your priorities. Um, what is actually important to you? Um, and I think one of the things that, that is, is very important in the work that I do. And it's just, it's quite simple, but it's just beginning to have an awareness of how your energy feels. So what are the things that you do in your life that energize you? Um, What are the things that exhaust you? What are the things that make you feel anxious when you immediately start doing them and kind of shaping your life around those things and maybe cutting back or cutting out things that are just and replacing them with other things but you know, those things that are just not serving you anymore. Um, I think it's, I think that energy test is so important. Um, and I think we all be, you know, we all have an awareness of how we feel, but sometimes we don't consciously think about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So what have you learned most about yourself 
while doing your coaching practice? I think that um, it was something that I discovered in my personal coaching experience, but that has really come to life for me um, as I've like gone into this more full time. But my, I noticed, um, and it was particularly, you know, when I was in those, those moments and obviously still am, but of those times of, of grief with my dad, I, I noticed, um, you know, that at times I needed to feel, you know, I needed to, to grieve, but I was also thinking, I also had thoughts that I had stories and I had thoughts that I was telling myself that were actually really debilitating and really bringing me down. And I started to notice that um, there's actually ways of looking at my situation of looking at my life that, that can empower me, not in like a toxic positivity way, but there is a way to, um, to look at life in a way that empowers you. And that has been the biggest, I think that's something that I've learned in my coaching practice that I'm so passionate about helping people to kind of rewrite the narratives that they have created in their own, their own minds, either from, you know, um, their upbringing or just through their own experiences and their interpretation of their experiences and just finding ways to help them feel empowered by life um, and the way that they think. I wonder if you ever thought about this. I mean, I've thought about this a few times. I don't think I've talked about it much with a lot of people, but when you're working with somebody and, you know, the whole concept of self-care, taking care of yourself, empowering yourself, is there a point where that goes too far when it be almost becomes self-indulgent and there's not a lot of emphasis on helping other people for the purpose of being generous with others? I feel like sometimes we teeter with that on our planet with like, you talked about toxic positivity. Sometimes I've talked to people about toxic individualism mm, and this lack yeah. of that we are a species together versus a species apart. Have you, have you ever had those conversations or thought of that? Yeah, yeah, I have. I think it's so interesting because, you know, there is so much you can do within yourself to, to grow as a person. Um, but I, I sometimes think that there's like this idea that we're broken or we're not complete as we are. And we need to fix ourselves to become the best version of ourselves. Um, that like, when I think about coaching, I think about, it's not that I, I want to, um, I hear a lot about like, I want to help people create the life they've always wanted as if like they're aspiring to this like perfect life yeah. or this dream. Yeah. And I think that I talk about helping people to create change um, and to empower them, not to fix them, not to get to a version of perfect, but to learn techniques around that. Um, but yes, I think that we, I find sometimes it can be exhausting to be constantly working on yourself, constantly thinking, constantly, it's, it is exhausting. Um, there's nothing wrong with people. We're just, we're whole exactly as we are. And I think that for me, it's more about coming back to yourself. Um, but as you said, I think that serving others is 
the most important, not that's the most important thing in my work is serving others, but, um, but being of service to others, adding value to other people's lives, um, giving is like such a helpful way to kind of uh, help people when they're in a bit of a dark time and, and helping others. I think it, it's, it's just inevitably rewarding. Um, so yeah, I completely agree with what you've said. Uh, you know, I just, I feel like there's so much emphasis on self-care, which is mm -hmm. good and mm -hmm. taking yourself, but it almost drowns out this, the whole sense of like, when you refresh others, you refresh yourself. Yes. And I get that yeah. some people feel like they can't refresh others because they're in such a tailspin. I, I get that. I'm not ignorant to that, but sometimes the messaging to me feels very one-sided about it mm -hmm. in terms of wellness. And I mean, the whole concept mm -hmm. of wellness feels very one-sided to me and, and our current, yeah. Age, you know? Yeah. It's tough because, you know, you hear so much about things like taking care of yourself and setting boundaries and, um, you know, I, I, I think that some of the most transformative experiences that I've had in my life have been through empathy for others. So um, I've been liberated in situations where I felt angry with people or um, frustrated or disappointed because I, I had empathy for people in my life. And I think that um, that is an important kind of start starting point for um, for kind of stepping into helping others, serving others is to have to to really tap into that part of yourself that I think is intrinsic to all of us is empathy for others and thinking about other people's perspectives on situations um, and reminding yourself that we are. I mean, not everybody believes this, but I, I believe that we are a, a collective, um, like you said. I mean, have you felt like where you're at that there's, I don't know how it is. I mean, I know a lot of people in the UK, but I don't always talk to them all the time. But is there yeah. is there a similar kind of perception of fracturing of how people see each other as may be happening here in the US? fracturing of seeing each other like as individuals as individuals you know kind of a divisive aspect of how you see the world um conspiratorial thinking all these things that are very uh large topics in the world right now yeah yeah i think that there absolutely is um i i don't think that it's necessarily as prevalent in the uk um necessarily connected to what's going on in the world right now yeah um but i definitely think that there is so much of like a us against them kind of yeah. opinion um and i think that that is just you know putting people into categories and labels and and all of that it it, it just further divides people yeah I'm, what popped in my mind, also thinking about this, but also like the work you're doing, what makes a good coach? That's a great question. Um, I think that a great coach is somebody that helps you. So a great coach does not give advice. Um, and I think that's a misconception um, if you've never had coaching before. 
that people think that like a life coach teaches you how to do things or they, they, you know, give you advice. And I think that a, a coach helps you to uncover, um, direction and wisdom within yourself. And I think that is, is so important is sometimes I would get confused. Like at first I was like, oh my gosh, my coach is so profound. She, you know, we talked about this and that, but I, I actually realized that what was so great about it is that I'm profound as the coachee, I was profound. And that is what is so important to me as a coach is to remember that I don't have the answers. So it can be interesting navigating. And it was something in my training that was so important to kind of get comfortable with not having the answers, not knowing, um, but knowing that you're there to help uncover the, what the person needs, what the person uh, knows to be true. Um, yeah. All right, let's go on the other side of this. I mean, I, I don't think you should talk about one side of stuff. There should be Let's uncover both things. You talk about qualities of a good coach. What's the qualities of a bad coach or someone who probably shouldn't be doing it, but maybe is trying to sell it to you? <laughs> um, that is a great question. And it's, I think it's something I've probably given more subconscious thought to where I'm like, nope, this is not for me. <laughs> But I don't, I'm trying to think this is you haven't put it scary. out there verbally on, on, I'm not, so we're just, we're just going to, we're going to see what Let's comes out it. of my Let's just say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, and I've, I've personally been so lucky to see really great coaching. Um, I think I would say that a bad coach would be somebody who thought that they knew better than you and would tell you what you should do and would make statements to um that were uh, like stating what you like in so in coaching we do a lot of reflecting so we'll reflect back on what the person's saying and it is a human making a their own interpretation of what they've heard but you have to do that in a way where you don't you don't claim to be right you 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 claim to come to this, you, you come to the situation openly. Um, and I think it's important. I, well, so, and a bad coach, let's see. So is somebody that, you know, gives you advice that knows better than you. Um, I think in coaching, we talk a little bit about like the spotlight. So if the spotlight is on the coach more than the client, that's like a, like the spotlight always should be on the client. Um, so those are kind of three, three things that I think are, are important. Um, I think that I see a lot of like, like sometimes cringy things that I find a bit cringy in the kind of business coaching world, especially like with coaches, with coaches who coach coaches and taught like when the leading thing is like becoming a six figure coach, like that's like the lead thing. And it just, I find it, I find it really, I just really cringe because I didn't get into this for, you know, I'm getting into it to coach for a living, but that doesn't align with my values that my value is one of my values is making a difference. And it just doesn't click for me. Yeah. Um, and it really takes away from that. And I, I just see a lot of that. Um, and maybe that's part of why the coaching industry is blowing up because there are people that are 
that talk a lot about that and it's just what about the people that are on the receiving side that that need the support it kind of takes the spotlight off of that I actually wonder how much of that is real I really do I do I see so many people on LinkedIn and other players like I help people become six-figure earners and all that stuff I often think like I'm not sure just my personal opinion if that's the lead-in then the lead-in the value system is all monetary based Mm -hmm. if it's monetary Mm -hmm. based where do you go from there in terms of the human aspect of those things you know absolutely a lot of humans put on a just certainly there's people that do that and create that but I think a lot of people want you to sense that they're doing this for other people when they're actually not. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that you need to, you need to show me if I was going to, cause I work with yeah. a coach myself. It's so important to me to practice what I preach. So I have my own coach, but um, I need to know that you're going to help me either become a better coach or become a better human the rest will sort itself out. Um, I just, yeah, I've just always been a little bit, it's really deterred me from yeah. people I've, I've seen. There's a lot of positive coaching going out there. I know a lot of positive coaches, but also like I've been in the health and wellness business, fitness business for 21 years. And it's yeah. one of the most quackery, quackery, fraud, misinformation businesses on the planet. Mm-hmm. It, it's been like that well before this current age we've been in for that yeah. from late night infomercials to crazy gurus and all this stuff. And uh, it's kind of a, it can be a very weird minefield based like this holistic, the kind of concept of holistic health and wellness is often full of a lot of quacky stuff for mm-hmm. that. So seeing that's why I bring up the other side, like what are you seeing that is not good because I think for the listener, they need to understand what's a good coach, what's not so great. Because people get pulled in by charisma and style and swagger and a promise of something. Yeah, but mm-hmm. what's the reality of it? You know, so yeah, I think that you know every coach that I've agree to work with has, and I always say this to people that I have discovery sessions with, and I'll say it in the middle of our work as well, is I, 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 you need to, you need to see the, you need to click with me like before you invest. So if, you know, that means, you know, two, maybe three conversations Mm -hmm. to make sure that I'm the right fit for you before you make a commitment and making sure that as you're working with me, you're also seeing this return on the investment that you've made in yourself, um, that there's a way to get out of this if it's not working for you. I think that that is so important. Um, so I think that if, if there was like a, I don't know, you couldn't get your, your money back or someone wasn't willing to have like a half an hour, at least conversation with you to see if you were the right fit for them. I think that (laughs) I just don't know how you can decide that somebody is, is going to work for you. Um, so I think you don't have to, you don't have to take, I feel like with, with my coaching, I don't want it to feel like it's this huge risk where you don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's an interesting business because they're all somewhat interrelated. Like I've been in fitness, primarily pers- personal training, you know, um, a fitness mm-hmm. executive operations and clubs and stuff, but also education. And, you know, all this is in kind of the same hemisphere in a sense. Yeah. And you're dealing yeah. with people. You're dealing mm-hmm. with people all the time and people can feel very vulnerable. I just don't like when people prey on that vulnerability, particularly when they prey on the vulnerability of like, I'll make you this, you, you know, I'll make you this, you'll be earning this, you'll become this type of stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's the tagline on their thing. I will make you this and like, what? No, no, no. (laughs) Yeah. How can you guarantee that you'll make somebody that you're not in control yeah. of your life? And if you think that you're, if you think that you can control a person so much that you can make them that yeah. you can guarantee that result, then to me, that's not coaching. That's no. something else. That's like either you're like their mentor and they're going to follow everything that you do. But yeah. even that, I just think. You can't control all the variables. No, like- for me. If somebody comes to me for training and it's, oh, I want to lose weight. I'm like, this is not what this is about. That's uh that has really very, very little to do with what this is about. And they go, really? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll tell you the mm-hmm. truth. I'm not going to promise you something that this does that physiologically. It's very inefficient for that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. this is more of a nutritional aspect. You need to really focus on in addition to this, but I'm not going to sell you something that I know is not for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but people do it all the time just because yeah. they're trying to pull people in to the web, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I'm sure there's a lot of that in health coaching where you're actually, you know, with, with life coaching, sometimes if it, if there's no tangible, like, you know, with, with business coaching, it can be, I'll promise you a 10 figure yeah. month or I'll promise you. And, and with, with, you know, health, I could imagine it being like a very people really preying on a specific weight loss goal or yeah. some, some measurable thing. And I find with coaching, I'm sure there's like a lot of that. Um, yeah. but it is one of those, you know, transformational, deep personal changes are harder to kind of measure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I imagine that there's a ton. I can, I know that there is a ton of, of that in this industry, and I, <laughs> I, I try not to follow very many coaches for that reason. <laughs> now, what's the entry level for a coach? Let's say, like health for the coaching you're doing. What's the entry level, like educational aspect? What's the parameters to the price of admission? So. In my program, I don't believe that you needed, I don't know if you had to have a university degree, um, but I do. And uh, I, so this program was something that was really important to me because there is a lack of regulation in the coaching industry, Mm -hmm. um, was that the program was certified through the governing body um, that most good sort of good coaching certification programs are overseen by which is the international um federation for coaching um so it was important that i found a a program that was um accredited um and and then i think the rest of of that is you know you had to do 
um, a certain number of hours to become certified. And you also had to have a certain number of hours of training. Um, you had to share recordings of your sessions and have them marked and, um, you know, do some papers as well. Um, but, you know, it is, it is an unregulated industry. And yeah. for me, um, that's something that I always keep top of mind is um, how do I make sure that I'm surrounding myself with strong coaches, strong mentors? Um, how am I holding myself to a high level of integrity in my practice? Um, making sure that I have strong supervision. Um, and that's something that I will, you know, have a part of my, my work for, you know, indefinitely, because I think that it is an isolated job where nobody's really overseeing what you're doing. So you could literally be doing everything or anything. Um, and so for me, it's important that I'm kind of building my own integrity and ethics around my own business. You know, so much of health and wellness is super highly unregulated. Mm -hmm. the, the public doesn't often recognize that. Maybe they yeah. don't care, honestly, that much, but there's a lot of that. But in switching gears, um, podcasting. So getting into being a guest on shows. So I found you on, I think, matchmaker.fm. I found you on there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just your profile, it just resonated with me. I go off purely a feel. I don't, it's just all feel by instincts, you know? But yeah. why do you want to be on podcasts? I think it's a, something I, I like to ask guests sometimes. It's like, what's the pull for you with that? Yeah. So, you know, I, I left my full-time job about three, four months ago um, in creative production. So a completely different, different industry to pursue yeah. coaching full-time. And I have been in a stage of my business building that I am experimenting with ways to reach people that I can work with. Um, and I think that something that I, I talk a lot about with, with my coaches um, and one of the sort of, a bit of the guidance that I've gotten from her is, is um, there's so much noise on social media. So show up as yourself, show up authentically and not just on social media, but in any form of marketing that you do on a blog, on a podcast. Um, and so, you know, the more I, the, the kind of first easy way in, in terms of marketing that I started was in social media. And, you know, I think that what I realize is that I have, I have more to say than is kind of uh, the norm for social media. Yeah. I could probably post a longer form video and, and, you know, I have, and I will, but, um, I just felt like the kinds of conversations I wanted to have about coaching to help people learn about what, what coaching is, what I do, who I am as a person. Um, it just felt better suited for kind of platforms like podcasting, speaking longer form platforms. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think it's an awesome way because even if you're like doing it a lot, let's say you're on a lot of shows or you're hosting a lot, you're having yeah. conversations with people. Yeah. Like you're actually speaking with people. You're not typing stuff to people. You're not no. misinterpreting stuff. You're one-on-one -on -one with the person or a group of people. And it's, it's a meaningful time. It's actually yeah. like you're, I'm exactly. talking to somebody who lives on the other side of the world, literally from me. I know, you know, it's so cool. It's crazy. Like, when do yeah. you do that that often in your life? You Not know? very often. I it's mean, I do have a thing. cross 
continental life, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's very rare that I'm speaking to somebody from the U.S. and yeah, so cool. How often do you speak to someone you don't know for almost an hour and like at all in a week? I just don't know them at all. Yeah, <laughs> not very often. Right? I mean, it doesn't happen like often. Coaching. Yeah. And for me, it's an education. There's hundreds of people, hundreds and hundreds of people I do this. I've done this with, will do it with. It keeps, it gives, it keeps me fresh in my conversational skills. Yeah. And how I coach people in my business. It just helps mm -hmm. me meet other people and have different points of view. Yeah. Understand people. I mean, yeah. that's the beauty of that's the to me embracing the technology we have. It can be so life-changing in a positive way. But how do you create the boundaries for that? So I always tell yeah. people, like, spend less time posting about stuff, get on podcasts and stuff, talk to other humans. Yeah. You're still gonna get the like post out of it. I mean, like some people are really good at giving people a snapshot of who they are. Yeah. A, like coaches are they're great at it in like a 30 second reel i'm a slower burner i take a minute <laughs> to get to know like i i am a i love conversation that is my yep. favorite thing and i think that the more that i'm trying to get people to come to my page the less that i'm getting them to do the things that i think will help them the most which yeah. is getting off of social media right. so if i can share with somebody a way to get to know me or my business through a podcast that means that they can go and walk outside that they're not scrolling on their phone That's that right. they're in the real world they're in the real world well this yeah. is the real world virtually but still the real yeah. world <laughs> and <laughs> exactly. ash i have to say it's been a pleasure speaking with you and uh you're probably one of the quickest people to get back to me when i <laughs> i think i said that to you when i wrote, you wrote did, it to you, you. But I yeah. said, because like, I like to do that with people, but I rarely receive mm -hmm. it back. And I really yeah. appreciated that. Like really, really. Appreciated well, that. I appreciated your communication so much too. I think that that is so mm -hmm. important. Um, and I think that's something that I learned in the six years I spent in creative production. It was a project management and sales mm -hmm. role. And I just think that, yeah, it's so important to be clear and responsive with people and, yeah, I value that in, in you as well. So thank, thank you so you. much. I really appreciate that. So uh, we're going to do the spiel here. Like, where can people find you? It almost sounds bad. To say, like, <laughs> where can people find you? How do we get in touch with <laughs> Ashley? It's like, it's like a show thing. Almost. Uh, you know. I know. That's what people say, though. It's okay. I, know, it's um, okay. You, I don't know if there's a different way to say it. <laughs> I don't know either. Like, I feel like I feel these things and I'm like, I don't feel good about this, but then I'm like, no, I want the people to hear it. So like, we want to tell them. So I guess go for it, you know? Okay. I'll go for it. So people can find me, um, at ashleymarsnek.com. And I'm sure wherever you're listening to this, we'll be able to spell that for you. Right. Um, and you can also find me on Instagram. I'm at ashleymarsnek.coaching. So you can find me there too. Awesome. Ashley, it's been a real pleasure. And uh, it's I been can't so wait for great. everyone to hear this. It's great. You're, you're just as awesome as, as I thought you were going to be. Oh, thank you. So are you. It's been a total pleasure. Thanks for your time. Thank you. You too.